The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. After only five years, Clayton and Ashley Hurst described their marriage as a valley of dry bones. I think the difference between the first child and this one was not just that I cared, but for me, I realized that we were on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. And before, it was that she was on one team and I was on the other. So if, if she was in pain, it was okay as long as I wasn't. I think now I realized, or with our last child, I realized, you know what, if she's in pain, I'm in pain. And yeah. so I want to be there to help her while she goes through this. Next. Thank all of you and thank you. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to uh, really, uh, you know, have a, a, a couple here that have the name of, we're in the mid-cities between Dallas and Fort Worth. And one of the mid-cities is Hearst. This might be the original family. that got <laughs> a whole town named after them. This is Clayton and Ashley Hearst. And I tell you what, you're going to like them. They, uh, they go to Lakewood, uh, which has a pastor that you hear occasionally. <laughs> And uh, they actually are, are counselors and, and marriage counselors. Look, look at the title of this book, because this is a good one right here. Hope for Your Marriage. Some people think, boy, man, I need that book. I need it quick. <laughs> Every marriage comes under attack. Would you say in the first months even, now this is after you and I dated for four years, uh, you kept me on the straight and narrow for the four years. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you did a, you did a marvelous job. And, and yet, when we got married, would you say that after we got married, say the first six months or so, we had some of our most tense moments? Absolutely. It's a, it's a real adjustment. And you're taking two different personalities, trying to fit them together and, and to mesh together. And to, there has to be some compromise there. And sometimes that's not easy. Well, you had to learn to compromise and listen to me <laughs> and do what I said. You got to learn. Here, here's the deal. We, we actually found ourselves, and this is one of the main things that this couple talks about, that our communication was, was let's say, cramped mm -hmm. uh, to where we could actually go to different quarters. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work, did it? <laughs> so one of the wise things I said was, we, we don't do that. <laughs> We're going to talk. Well, let's let Clayton and Ashley tell us how important it is to talk as counselors, but also as a married couple that had to learn some things. Would you welcome, would you welcome Clayton and Ashley to life today? All right. Here you are in one of, the, one of the largest churches, if not the largest church mm -hmm. in America. Yeah. And you uh, are marriage counselors. And would you say that, that, uh, that it's not an exaggeration to say marriages are challenged? Absolutely. Uh, it's an honor to be on your show, by the yes. way. We love you both so well, much. Thank you. Um, thank you. It is the number one prayer need at our church. We have prayer at every service. Um, we take one of the songs and we do a prayer time. There's prayer counselors all over the sanctuary. And we kept getting a lot of people that needed prayer for marriage. And it's a big church. Not everybody knows who we are. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the person that's over the prayer, count, the prayer team and we said, have you ever done a survey to find out, you know, what the number one prayer need is at Lakewood? And she said, we just did it and marriage is number one. 
So was it tension in the relationships or what? What was the big issue with it? I think it's a little bit, everybody is challenged mm -hmm. constantly. And I think communication is number one. In fact, when we took over the marriage ministry, we sent out surveys to about 15,000 of our congregation and the, the overwhelming response, 98% of the number one issue was communication. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that was really our challenge in the very beginning. Yeah. You know, we really prepared for the wedding day. We, mm -hmm. had, we had great parents. Both of our parents been married now for mine over 55 years now. Mm -hmm. Ashley's over 45 years. My grandparents, 60 years. So we had a great model, great models in front of us. So we kind of assumed that, oh, well, we've got this. No problem. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. we went to one premarital counseling, you know, uh, and yeah. then after that we were like going, eh, we got this we got in the bag. <laughs> and so we, we really prepared for the wedding day instead of for all the days that followed. And I think slowly but surely we kind of found ourselves um, not communicating, you yeah. know, and, and kind of when you merge those two normals, uh, we kind of kept butting heads. You know, yeah. it says to submit one to another, but yet we weren't really yielding to each other. And so no. there was all these crashes in our communication. Yeah, and so and it started out kind of funny, you know, there yeah. were silly things like he wanted to bring the 55 gallon trash can and put it in the middle of our kitchen, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, what was the purpose? <laughs> um. Well, in, in college, when I lived with three other men, three other guys, you know, we, we had this big trash can in the center of our, you know, uh, kitchen. With a and, hammock hanging right beside it. Yeah. But we only had to take the trash out once a week, maybe, you yeah. know, and so I'm thinking that, hey, that it worked good for then, why not work now? So yeah. she didn't. This is yeah. a really a big deal about taking it out. It's on rollers. Right, you know. right. Yeah, she didn't see it that way. And then no. I used, uh, I used one of her, we got some really nice towels for a wedding gift. And I thought, you know, I, I'm going to play golf. Oh, and so no. I was going to put, I needed a golf towel. Now that's double stupid. In the first place, when you get these really nice ones, you didn't know there's some towels you don't use. You know, like there's yes, some pillows you do not sleep on. I didn't have Never. that knowledge in the beginning, yeah, but yeah. I do now. Matter of fact, don't yes. move them because right. they're in the right spot. Right. Yeah. He'd blow his nose in our towels, too. Yeah. Oh. Because Kleenex was too rough. Oh, my goodness. Boy, how did y'all make it? <laughs> so anyway, but this yes. got really serious. We're kind of yes. laughing now, yeah. but the tension was real. So you had yeah. the tension. And I think you even say in your book, you're open enough to say that, that there was pride involved. Oh, that yeah. what caused you just to not want to deal with it or face up to it or didn't want anybody to know that there was any yeah. friction. What was the deal? I think that was probably the biggest thing. You know, at the time, I was a children's pastor at our original church, at our home church. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we kind of thought that we needed to put on a facade we needed to wear a mask and have it all together. Yeah. You know, people were looking to us to have all the answers. Yeah. And uh, we we didn't feel like we could go to anybody. We didn't feel like that there was anybody that we could go to to get the help that we needed. We were embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, this was five years into our marriage. Our, our communication was so poor. I had just given birth to our first child, and I was dealing with postpartum depression. And so not only... Did I not feel like I go, could go to him for any help at all? I thought I was going crazy. And so we really found ourselves in this valley of, of dry bones we talk about in the book of just poor communication. I mean, I got um, so depressed that I even had suicidal thoughts because I just didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. And we so were did supposed he kind of confirm your problem rather than alleviating? You know, I didn't even know that I had that. It was afterwards that I was like, oh my goodness, that's what was wrong with me. I had yeah. no idea. Um, I didn't do the research that I needed to do. But our communication was so bad, oh, yeah. she didn't tell me. 
so she I was, didn't tell him. She didn't yeah. know. She was embarrassed, and then our communication was so bad we didn't work through it together. No. And um, and so probably five years in, um, at a smaller church, you have a lot of different hats that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And so people were coming to me for <laughs> for marital help um, and uh, <laughs> to, to get marital counseling. So I could tell somebody how, yeah. how to have a good marriage. Yeah. I just couldn't have one on my own. <laughs> yeah. But I'll never forget there was a couple that came in, and I just heard the Lord just in my heart say uh, before this couple came in, they, she, I just felt like God said, you know, um, are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you've always hoped and dreamed of? And I thought, oh, that's a great question. I'm going to ask this couple. <laughs> and so I, I asked this couple that and they said, well, of course, that's why we're here. And I got finished with that counseling session and I just felt the Lord tell me in my heart and said, you know, that question wasn't for them. That question was for you. Mm. And I remember going home that day and telling Ashley, I said, I feel like the Lord's told me and I'm willing if you are. And that was really the turning point for, you know, after year five. I mean, that was the first time I saw him humble himself. I mean, I didn't humble myself either, (laughs) but that, that was just, that was everything to me. Did you seeing him humble himself then move you toward the same absolutely humility absolutely. and then were you able to start communication yeah you, you know to? it was that mustard seed of faith we mm-hmm. had a mustard seed of faith that maybe everything could be okay mm-hmm. and we just began to declare we began to speak we speak to the mountain and ask the mountain to move or tell the mountain to move mm-hmm. and that's what we began to do it was little steps it didn't mm-hmm. happen in a day yeah. it didn't happen in a week I mean it took us a while to get there but we were determined that we were going to have the marriage we'd always hoped and dreamed of no matter what it took regardless of the sacrifices we had to make. You know, humbling ourselves to one another was probably one of the most beautiful things we could have done for each other. Um, yeah, and I think that was the that was the key for us was yeah. just continuing to declare life, declare life over our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even changing the way we would respond to each other. You know, yeah. like Ashley said, it didn't happen overnight, but we would, instead of being sarcastic with each other or mm-hmm. short comments back and forth, you know, we chose love. Yeah. You know, love's not a feeling. Love's is a choice that you make every day, you know, and so we chose to show love to each other in different ways. I'm, I'm going to go down a, a real quick list of just the, the chapters. Okay. Okay, so as I go down them, then whatever jumps out at you, I want you to kind of touch on them a few mm-hmm. minutes. You started with dry bones come alive. Boy, that's mm-hmm. a heck of a picture. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after myth. Mm-hmm. The right choice, love, security, respect, and honor. Mm-hmm. Effective communication. We started mm-hmm. there. Healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. The power of partnership, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Sex is not a four-letter word. Hmm. (laughs) Declaring life over your marriage. Jesus at the center. Hmm. Which one of those jumps out at you that you just want to comment on? Because see, our audience is just racing all over. (laughs) (laughs) What jumps out at you? I think Jesus at the center, you know, and I I think that's where we, we got our eyes off of him as our source. We got our eyes off of him as the center of our marriage. You know, when when we came together at on our wedding day and they talked about the threefold cord, you know, and it's not easily broken. I think we we took advantage or we didn't take advantage of that partnership with him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stay connected with him and make sure that we communicated with him daily mm-hmm. and together daily. You know, um, I think that was huge for us that, yeah. that we didn't do that from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, we've learned to do that now. We've yeah. realized that, you know, without Jesus at the center of your marriage, I don't think you can have the marriage that he's designed no, for you to have. It's not. Yeah. To me, it's the power of partnership because when we had our first child, that's when I had 
postpartum depression and I didn't have him beside me and it was it was terrible. It was only by God's grace that I made it through that year. Like I said, I had suicidal thoughts. But then fast forward um, 14 years later, so we have a 17 year old and 11 year old girl and then we have our surprise two year old boy. Oh. <laughs> and so that, I was two months from turning 40 years old when I found out I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a big surprise. But um, I went through postpartum depression with him and what a world of difference with him beside me. Hmm. He would talk to me every day, are you doing okay? What thoughts are you having? What's going on? And I would tell him I was open, I was honest, I didn't hold anything back. And he, he was, seemed to really care too. It wasn't just language. It wasn't yeah. just communicating. He was really actually caring. Yeah. You actually, actually believe that he wanted to know, can I help bear something? I'm, I'm I caring. think the difference between the first child and this one was not just that I cared, but for me, I realized that we were on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. And before it was that she was on one team and I was on the other. Mm -hmm. So if, if she was in pain, it was okay as long as I wasn't. I think now I realized, or with our last child, I realized, you know what, if she's in pain, I'm in pain. And yeah. so I want to be there to help her while she goes through this. Mm -hmm. Well, don't you think in our relation too, we have to learn to be good listeners. I mean, Absolutely. listen with the heart, not yeah. just spouting off your discrepancies or things mm -hmm. you disagree on. That's not communication. Yeah, yeah. But learning to be a good listener. Yeah, yeah and I, to, you know, the Lord's really been speaking to me about being more intentional about what I say mm -hmm. and not speaking in assumptions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I shared that with Clayton and he said, you know what, I feel like the Lord's telling me that I need to listen listen better. And so when we do that, you know, because a lot of times we can speak <laughs> with a bunch of assumptions, you know, yeah. when he asks, how are you doing? And I say, I'm fine. It never really means that, right? <laughs> and so to be really intentional about what I'm saying to him, you know, because it's till death do us part. We're in this together. You know, we know, regardless of what we go through, that we're going to be on the same team. And when, when both couples see that, when they're both on the same team, they have Jesus at the center, they have that partnership, you know, nothing can come against you. I mean, we, we can face anything. We've gone through stuff. We've gone through death of friends and, and illnesses. And you know what? It, uh, I, I don't know if you've had Jimmy Evans on your show, I'm sure you oh, have, yeah. but he yeah. said something. Jimmy's, we're very close. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Soulmates aren't born, but they're created through the trenches of life yeah. is something that he said at a teaching we were at. And I just was like, mm -hmm. yes, that's mm -hmm. exactly right. Mm -hmm. You know, when we got married, we weren't soulmates, mm -hmm. but now we are, you mm -hmm. know, we are because we've been through stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get married, you don't know what your future holds, mm -hmm. but you better make sure you're on the same team with him because he's, you're, you're not going to be the same person. He's not going to be the same person mm -hmm. 20, 40 years from now. Mm -hmm. What, What's holding you together? Where are you, where's your, where are you grounded? Mm -hmm. And always go to that. So. And when you said healthy conflict, we real short. Mm -hmm. A healthy conflict. One I more. think con you know conflict. I think is going to happen, and it's like what you said. It comes to that certain point, and you have to be willing to diffuse it. And a lot of times that is from listening. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it is seeing her perspective. There was mm -hmm. there was something that we write about in the book. Uh, we call it the monsoon story. <laughs> that I had a perspective, and she had a perspective. And so the the following day, whenever we kind of sat down and began to kind of unpack, okay, what was the what was the friction? What was the what was the tension that was happening? Mm -hmm. um, I shared my vantage point and why I felt that way, you know, and she shared hers. And what we've realized is that feelings aren't right or wrong, but they're real, you know. And so we had to come to the understanding that, you know what, it's it's okay if she doesn't see it the way I see it. In fact, it's better. It kind of gives us a holistic approach to, to understanding us as a couple, you know. And mm -hmm. I remember she saying, I don't understand why you see it that way. And I said, but you know what, that's okay. You yeah. know what, we, we choose to, to still be on the same team. Mm -hmm. We choose to love each other through it. And to choose to honor each other to say, you know what, you see it that way, but I don't. I see it this way, and that's okay. When you when you deliver that kind of message, it just mm -hmm. brings healing, and it 
wouldn't just be in marriages, it'd be just people getting along. I mean, yeah. we could kind of wish that on Congress mm -hmm. a little bit, <laughs> that they could realize they see really? things from a different point of view yeah. and not try to destroy one <laughs> another. Okay, you, this book's been out for a while, okay, uh, for several months now. Uh, what do you think is happening to people that read it? What do you hear back? I, what we're hearing is just people's uh, willingness to be vulnerable with each other, you know, primarily men. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think for me, it was hard for me to be vulnerable and to share things with her. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of it was because maybe my father didn't teach me, his father didn't teach him. But I think what we're seeing a lot of times is just people's willingness to be open and transparent. Mm -hmm. And really, that's where the healing begins. Do, you, do you see the book actually becoming another way that you extend your counseling as though you've taken the wisdom and insight God's given you mm -hmm. and not only you personally, but what you shared, you've seen the benefit yeah. of truth shared in love. So you feel like if people go through the book, it's, it's a little bit like maybe they sat down with you in a counseling session and they found the hope that they desperately needed. Absolutely. You know, we, um, we're we very vulnerable in that book. We're very open about the things that we've go gone through, and we feel like that's what people appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. I had a high school friend call me last night and just say, I started reading your book, and I just I cannot believe how open you're being mm -hmm. about things. I would have never mm -hmm. thought in a million years. I just assumed that you and Clayton had the perfect marriage. I had no idea. And she goes, it gives me hope in my mm -hmm. marriage. And she was like, and I want you to know that my husband and I are going to church now. Mm -hmm. And I was just Thank like, you. wow, that's, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Great. And that, and that's kind of the stories that we've been hearing from a lot of people. Well, you're offering this counseling to everybody who's watching right now. And you know, one of the things Betty and I hear so often from people, either emails or communicators, when they, say, when they say this, you all are open and honest about yourself. You don't set yourself up as something you're not. You're, you're both vulnerable, you're transparent, and, and we appreciate that. And you've obviously done it here. Let me just say, this is, it's like good counseling uh, with people who've admitted, hey, okay, we've experienced at least some of, of what you encounter and experience, and we want to be a help. So it is in the bookstores. But I will tell you this, and because, you know, we're here life today. One thing you'll know, when you come here, you're going to see people who are loving people, who are encouraging you to love somebody. Matter of fact, we want to show you in just a moment how you can love someone into a whole new way of life. And it's, it's the most simple way to express love. And it never, never fails. If you'd like to have the book, you simply ask for it. We have some other gifts to send to you when you give the gift of love and life because you're overflowing with it because Jesus is love and he is life. I want you to watch right now and I want you to listen because I promise you, you're not only going to hear someone expressing their heart, you're going to hear the heart of God. Yes, you are. And I think you're going to respond to it. Angola. Africa. Drought is crushing this land. You see, plants spring from the earth with promise of food, promise of life. But long before they can ever provide any sort of sustenance, they quickly fail and wither back into the earth. This drought has affected the many lives that depend on this food, but it has affected some more than others. The children suffer the worst. Their bodies are not meant to withstand this lack of sustenance. Some will make it. Some will not. Mm -hmm. 
You can just see it in her eyes, this, this tremendous loss. And, and if anybody understands this woman's pain, it's you, Betty. If you've lost a daughter, it changes everything. And that's a community that nobody, no one on this earth signs up to join that community. So you understand this woman's pain. This mom, this young, beautiful mom, has done everything she could, but she shouldn't stand alone. We are the body of Christ. We can do something right now in Angola. You maybe even hear some crying babies in the background. There's a lot of children here who are extremely hungry, and a simple bowl of food can change everything. And Betty, you know, obviously, you know so well um, what that's like. And, and as they were, that beautiful mom was talking about her little, her little girl, she said her girl was named Nana. And uh, the daughter that we have in heaven, who has seen her first grandbaby born from heaven watching, <clears throat> her children called you Mimi as a grandmother, and they called Robin's husband's parents, mother, Nana. So I couldn't hear about little Nana and not think about <clears throat> that grandmother, Nana. And you think about the reality of the psalm that the mom was quoting about the shepherd that leads us in green pastures, not drought-stricken croplands where children die like hers. All those little children that you saw being held right there at the first, little precious, pretty little faces, precious little children. You, you know what the mothers holding them were saying? And by the way, they were at a place, love established, as a last spot to maybe be saved. Malnutrition clinics where they're too weak to even eat food. So you need to understand that love from people like you established those places as the last chance. But here's what you need to hear. This is what everybody must hear, Betty. When the missionaries are talking about the feeding lines and the feeding centers, we have, listen to me, 400,000 children and starving people in those areas, 400,000. Most of the time, it'll be 500 or 1,000 or 1,500, sometimes two or 3,000, depending upon the situation. And it's in those areas where we've organized the feeding. And that's where we're asking all of you as our viewers right now, and I'm telling you, the drought's very real. Sheila Walsh was not exaggerating. That mother's heartache and concern was not an exaggeration. That malnutrition clinic is the real deal, and there are many of them. Love provided them. Now, 
I want to see love provide for those 400,000 children. Now listen to what I'm saying. And I'm going to start at the top. $100, we can feed 10 children for the next months. 50, we can feed five. We being the missionaries and the workers. 30, we can feed three. If there's any way you can start at the $100 level, do it. Go get your bank card. Go get a checkbook. Go online to the website there or dial that phone number. It's always a prayer line. Now it's a lifeline. Dial the number, please. Get your bank card and make the best gift you can because you're giving the gift of life. I mean, you're changing everything for a parent, a mother that's praying for a child, for children that just need food. They don't need to get to the malnutrition clinic. It's there for them. Last opportunity. And we've seen miracle after miracle. But we can get them before they head there. And they're headed there if we don't feed them. Could you feed 10? Five or three do it. And, and listen, some of you are blessed enough. You say, James, I can feed 100 of them. I can give $1,000 or more. You know what I believe? I believe you're able to, you'll do it. Because I believe you're moved by love. We have some gifts to send you that are going to really bless you but you really are giving the greatest blessing. You're giving life. Thank you so much. If you make a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us you're making it. We really need to hear from you today. Lives do depend upon the love of God through you. Thanks for sharing it. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With your support, Life's Mission Feeding Outreach can save lives by feeding and caring for children in the hardest-hit areas of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you Proverbs Power, Successful Communication. This powerful CD series, along with study guide featuring Stephen K. Scott, unveils the secrets to incredible wisdom found only in the book of Proverbs. This series will give you the tools to transform your relationships in life. With your gift of $100 or more, request the complete Proverbs Power Library, featuring five power-packed sessions that include the power of vision, breaking through mediocrity, and much more. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Thank you so much. I mean, from the bottom of our heart, thank you. Boy, I'm telling you what, there are going to be some moms. They see their children getting fed. And they watch their little lives get stabilized. You're an answer to someone's prayer. I pray God answers your prayers. And you know, it may be that he'll answer a prayer here, maybe for not only your marriage, maybe somebody you know. Say, so, you know what, I'm going to get that book. And you give hope to these children and their families. You want this book to give you some hope, perhaps, or share with somebody you think, you know what, this just might bless them. Okay, it's in the bookstores. You help us take care of those kids. You ask for it, we'll send it to you. Would you join us and say thanks to uh, Clayton and to Ashley? Would you please? We're beautiful couple. We appreciate you sharing. Thank you for the book, I can hope. 
Thank you so much for watching us today. Thanks for being a part of what God's called us to do. The greatest wrestling matches in life are not with anyone else, they're with ourselves. Bible teacher and best-selling author Sheila Walsh, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.